0: Three, two, one. Hey, Jeff, we're back, hey. huh? Hey, what? It, it's Yeah, yeah, that's how I'm going to start the shows now. Just it, it, not going to tell them what, what they're listening to. Just going to assume that they know the theme song. Hey, Jeff, what's up?
1: Do we really want to just do that and let people assume? Because we know
0: well, what that leads to. Look, it's it's not like their podcast player just pulled a random podcast out of thin air. They probably clicked the download button on this. Probably. An argument could be made that telling everyone they're listening to the Shell Hits podcast, a TMNT podcast, uh, is redundant at this point. Yeah, but what about the new peoples? The new people still had to press the download button. Maybe. Like, they know what they hit play on. I'm just saying. Maybe. Just, Just saying. Okay. Like, you don't you don't turn on a, I don't know, a Metallica album, and the first thing Metallica says is Metallica! I mean, well, that is true. So, I, just to... I don't know. Just how often just, do they say Metallica in their songs, though? Uh, I would say probably zero times. They're not rappers. Yeah. Ra- rappers say their names a lot. But yeah, that kind of makes sense because they do a lot of guest spots. So like you want to make sure that it's like, hey, T-Pain, you know, like like you, you kind of have to say who you are. So when you're looking up that 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 person later, you're like, oh, I, he said his name in that song. I know who that is. Yeah. Way off topic. Jeff, we're here to talk about Ninja Turtles. We're not here to talk about people that adopt. Baby bobcats. Like, if it's relevant, we can. Hey, can you imagine walking into somebody's house and saying, "Oh, that's a freaking bobcat, dude"? <laughs> what? <laughs> I would totally pet a baby bobcat. Now, yeah. a full-grown bobcat cat, like I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch that. What about bobcat golf weight? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna touch him unless he wants me to. But then it's yeah. like, probably still wouldn't do it. I, I'd give him a hug. I'd hug bobcat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is not the Bobcat cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If only there was a. Uh, is there a Turtles character that's a Bobcat?
1: That's a very good question.
0: I don't think so. Like, there's foxes, there's no Bobcat. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Ninja Turtles, and uh, we, that was a colorful little intro, but we need to get to business because we got a lot to talk about. Jeff, Dude. what's first?
1: It's time to see what's in that bodacious
0: box! I've got a few things. Do you have anything?
1: Not turtles related. No.
0: Okay, cool. I got, uh, the art of mutant mayhem. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, we, we talked about it coming out a few months ago. It's, it's a really, really nice art book. And it, it talks a lot about the like thought process that went into actually creating the characters and the whole unique look of the movie. if, you really like the look of the movie. This this, this is a good read. It's a good book. And I think it's on sale right now. Check it out. Nice. Um I also got finally uh from Limited Run Games, I got my PS5 copy of Shredder's Revenge. Uh what's the what's the DLC version of it? Is it uh, Shattered Shattered Dimension or Dimension Shellshock? Yeah. Yeah, I finally got my copy of that. Uh, I feel like I was the very last person on their mailing list, but I got it and we're cool. No harm, no foul. And the last thing I got, again, I'm flying through these because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we talked about the last Ronin pop figures that were coming. Yeah. Uh, there are, there, there's a pop figure coming that is, you know, in a regular box. just a regular last Ronin pop figure, right? Well, target as part of their target con, uh, they have their own last Ronin pop figure who is who has the same weapons, but in a slightly different pose. And it's in a large box that has a like a, a, a fake comic co- print or cover of a or a print of a comic cover in the back of it. Like, you know, it's it's just a big display box, right? Uh, it costs way more money because it's a lot more plastic. But whatever. I buy all those dumb things. So I went ahead and grabbed it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that the art they used from the last run is a uh, Kevin Eastman cover. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, so so it looks wonderful. That does it. The fastest, the fastest box segment we have done.
1: That's a new record.
0: What's next?
1: And now it's
0: time for Secret of the News. Uh, There's a ton of it. Uh, Jeff got the the jump on the news segment. There is a ton of it. Absolutely. Uh, And I'm still uh, breathing heavy from talking about the box segment. So, Jeff, tell us what your first news topic is.
1: Uh, First up, I'm going to go with some surprising video game news uh, from uh, Raw Thrills, uh, who's mainly, you know, you'll see these, you know, these kind of quick, I don't say quick done games, but.
0: Uh, no, I think games. you had it right. You had it right.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, that you'll see like in Dave and Busters and stuff. Um, and literally just out of nowhere this week, uh, it was announced that the uh, 2K12 um, arcade game, Wrath of the Mutants, that came out in 2017, is coming to consoles. Uh, that's Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, PS4, PS5, Switch, and PC, or and PC. Um, April twenty third. It'll be around thirty dollars. So that's not bad. But wait, there's more. More? Just
0: more.
1: You don't get what's just you know was already done. They're adding some new stages, new voice recordings with the voice cast. There's four player. Local and online uh, co-op. Uh, so I'm excited because you know it's another Turtles game that we, another arcade game. That means now all the arcade games will be available on consoles.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah this 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 news really dropped out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, for for one, no one even knew this thing existed. I mean, if you've been to a, you went Buster, to a Dave and yeah, if you, yeah. you went to a Dave and Buster's. Yeah, you went to Dave and Buster's in the past eight years there's a good chance you saw it there but it's still it's 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 not like it's at every convenience store it's not like you're going to your local laundromat and playing this Ninja Turtles game it's a it's a really esoteric release and so them taking that and putting it on consoles where it is very much a a a mass audience is a fantastic move on Ross Thrills part I feel like they saw the sales numbers for the Kalabunga collection and Shredder's uh Shredder's Revenge, yeah, Shredder's Revenge, mm-hmm. and they said we are sitting on a game. What are we doing? We have to put this on consoles. Yeah. So it, this is without a doubt a smart move for them, and it will give us a way to play it without having to drop eight hundred billion dollars into a you know an arcade machine at a Dave and Buster's.
1: Yeah, and it's you know it's it's a you know basic beat 'em up. Um, it looks a bit more robust than the other, uh, 2k12 games that we've gotten. Uh, that first 2k12 game was just,
0: ugh, it was, it was bad. It wasn't, what was it? What was the other one? Uh, it was a secret of the use. No, no, there was, there was one main 2012 game that came out for every platform imaginable. Uh, and then there was danger of the use, which, which was a good game. It was like yeah. a Metroidvania. Yeah.
1: That's the one that I really like. Yeah, this is being put out by uh, Game Game Mills, which is kind of, eh, you know. Uh, <laughs> They've they put out some licensed games. They did a G.I. Joe when it wasn't, it was decent, you know, for 10 bucks, you know, running around with Joes and stuff and shooting stuff, and it's, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, but, you know, as of right now, I'm not seeing, like, any physical pre-orders. So, you know, time will tell hopefully we will be getting a physical of this.
0: I I don't know, man. Like I can totally see them going through limited run. I, with, with stores across the country, scaling back the number of physical, everything they have, it, it, it's, it's tough to think that Roth Rills has the, has the muscle to put this into Walmart's, you know,
1: we'll see, we'll see. I've actually reached out to the company to see if I could get uh, any information. So we'll, See if there's any updates.
0: Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I feel like limited run is that's kind of a haven for that kind of stuff, and yeah. it's it should happen over there. That, that's yeah. what I'm rooting for. We'll see. Either were like Game Mills does put out physical stuff. We'll see. Uh, what's the next news segment, Jeff?
1: Uh, next up, we've got we've got some new um, 40th anniversary figures
0: coming, Sergio. Yes, we do, Jeff.
1: From, from Playmates Toys, and these aren't repack, repacks.
0: That I can appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I, I do absolutely appreciate that this isn't just a repaint of something that they released, you know, 15 years ago. The one, Actually, the ones based on the original comic that they released about 10 years ago are currently being repackaged and sent out to stores. What this is, is the first... Image of all four turtles together that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird drew back in like '84. Was it? 80? Yeah, it's probably yeah, Eighty. It was either. It was it late '83. Yeah, yeah, that makes 83. sense. '83. Um, yeah. they're they're making figures that that are that drawing. Yeah, and,
1: I mean it's fine. <laughs> they look like they're
0: they jumped out of Mad Magazine. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, I, I, of course, I'll probably be getting these. I hope that there is some sort of subsequent announcement that a variant of these will be released that is not or That is, you know, with all red masks. Yeah, because what they released does not make any sense. Yeah. And to and for your press release, what did their press release have the image of the original? I don't think the press release didn't um, But like. That image, I don't think it's ever existed with the four different colors on the turtles. Yeah. And like, it's weird to me to see uh, Mike and
1: Don without belts, but that that's reminiscent of the, of the art. That's true. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. For them to get everything else right about the art and then just ignore the fact, you know, that fact is really weird. Uh, and do them in 2K3 colors. Uh, Well, technically, those are the colors for the original um, original figures. Well, yeah, but, you know, yeah, they also went that road for two K3. Yeah, I guess I do have another gripe. This is just one new sculpt (laughs) with slightly different like paint jobs. So good job on sculpting something, something playmates. But you're not going to fool us with a paint job. Like even the even the faces have different or all the faces have the same expression. So it's weird. I don't. I don't love it, but I'll, I'll give them. I'll give them my money. It, it's it's good enough for that. Yeah. Uh, do we have we have we have more Playmates news? This isn't really new news, but for some reason, yesterday, uh, Playmates published on their Facebook page, "Hey, we have a brand new figure box set that has hit Amazon.com, and it's the '90s movie uh, movie star villains cohort." Now. Since I'm already buying all of these, Amazon has been trying to sell me this box for months. Yeah. So this isn't – it's new, but it's not like, hey, it should hit our Facebook feed new. But if you're a fan of Secret of the Ooze, um, the figures, the, the, the like the, the movie star figures, the uh, like the, the, the Super Shredder, Toko, Razar, and uh, a foot soldier, these are repros of those and they come in a little decorative movie theater box, uh, which as I've, as I've always said, said those boxes are the, the, the decorative boxes are the reason to buy these because they're real dumb and real cute. And it's a great way to store them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's currently available on Amazon. Uh, but just going to throw this out there, typically they go on sale in about six months Yeah, for almost half the price. So if you can hold out, um, do you want to take the next news? Speaking of action figures, Donatello, you know him. He has a workshop. Maybe. Maybe does he? He he did in the eighty-seven cartoon, and Neca, who has of of late like released a whole bunch of different like diorama style like. I what, what would you what would you call this thing? Di- yeah diorama is is the hashtag they used. It's. Yeah. Donatello's workshop, like a little section of their lair that has a bunch of cabinets and shelves and pipes and stuff that Donatello would use. Uh, looks like it's going to be a NECA, uh, a NECA store exclusive that's going to hit on three five at twelve p.m. Eastern time. Yeah. Uh, it fr- from the the NECA groups that I'm in, like the Turtles NECA groups that I'm in, these these things are pretty popular and. They sell out, and then people are very hungry to get them if they sell out. Like, if you want one, get it now. Because finding yeah. it later is going to be a chore. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, you know, it's not for me because I don't have the, the, the shelf space to, to display you know the dioramas and stuff like that. But I, I'm going to give every single person out there that collects figures that has a beautiful display shelf and has all these figures out there, all
0: the props in the world. Like, this is really, really cool. Uh, so, yeah, that that goes up on March 5th. So uh, good luck. Um, what's next? Um, a sip of my drink. OK, you do that while I pitch the next news. I uh, remember a few months back when Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were all over this random two dudes U- YouTube page with like commentary on the original comic books. Yes. I, well, I
1: said I said,
0: mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> Well, they're at it again. Uh, I believe they left off with issue seven last time, so naturally, uh, they are uh, doing issue eight, which is the Cerebus, uh crossover that Dave Sim, uh, you know, helped with. Dave Sim is not on the, the the episode, but the of course the the YouTube channel is cartoonist kayfabe, and I have not as, as busy as a week as it, it has been. I have not had a chance to check this out, um, yeah. but. It is kind of a monumental issue, so uh, I definitely am going to watch it. Um, yeah. What are your great. thoughts?
1: I haven't had a chance to listen to any of these yet because of just you know there's other stuff that's been going on. But I, you know, well, I've watched a little bit here and there. But I mean, it's it's always great, you know, to get this insight from them while we while we have them with us.
0: Uh. Okay. Jeff, let's unpack the big news. So IDW has finally kind of... Uh, the, the floodgates are open. And they have made a lot of announcements about upcoming comic books uh, in the Ninja Turtle world. Yeah. Uh, there was a big a big article that came out of uh, Nerdist earlier this week uh, that announced several books. I'm going to rattle them off for you real quick. Okay. There is... Ninja Turtles Black, White, and Green, uh, which is an anthology book uh, with various artists and writers writing stories that may or may not be uh, canonical, but it's, it's almost like a, here's a tribute to the Turtles from some of your favorite, you know, writers, whatever. Awesome. Ninja Turtles Night Watcher, a new ongoing series set within the IDW universe. Starring the Night Watcher, which we do not know the identity of yet. That information should be revealed in the free comic book day book. And if not, it'll probably be revealed in issue one. Right.
1: I mean, we have an idea, but it would be interesting to see if it's not who we think it is.
0: Well, who do you think it is?
1: Uh, I think it's Raphael.
0: Oh, 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 I have a whole I have a whole theory behind all of this. I'll, I'll get to that. Let's let's continue with these books. Uh, the next one is Ninja Turtles, Usagi Ojimbo, Saturday Morning Adventures, one shot crossover. So this is the Usagi that crossed over into the original 87 cartoon. Uh, it does not look like I don't see his name on here. Uh, does Stan Sakai is not involved?
1: Well, I'm sure you had to sign off like, yep, that's
0: cool. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he like approved it. And he did. a. I see that he did a cover here, but he's not writing it. Uh, which is kind of odd, but uh, maybe maybe they'll finally get him back to his regular universe, huh?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Uh, the uh, the one the one cover I really, really like, I mean, they're all great, uh, but it, the one is very prominent with Usagi uh, holding the sword, and then you see Donatello to his left, and later on to the right on the horse, and uh, Raph and Mike under, you know, to the left of Usagi. Uh, one of my buddies uh, actually did that cover. He's done a
0: couple of numbers. Oh, cool. That is uh that's um, a cover B. That's the yeah. that's yeah, that's cool.
1: That is I don't want to give him a shout out.
0: Chris Jones. Cool. Uh he does a lot of fantastic stuff. The next one is TMT Alpha. It's a one shot that is kind of bridges the gap between numbers one fifty and uh, Jason Aaron's reboot. So it's I guess it's gonna kinda of glue the two together. Uh, it's it's It is a one-shot. It'll be out in, looks like, June. So uh, we don't know too much about most of these. Uh, And the one that we know the least about is TMNT Mutant Nation. Now, this will be another ongoing. So, now now count that. That's three ongoings that are in the IDW universe. Uh, This series will be written by uh, fan favorites Tom Waltz and Sophie Campbell which is probably the right team for this and I have a feeling like this is going to be where they continue the the stories of the characters that we've all become or that that readers have become familiar with in Mutant Town which has been an ongoing thing since uh, issue 101 yeah so it's like, hey, we're canceling the book at 150. We're going to continue the story we were telling in Mutant Nation and reboot the Ninja Turtles in a brand new number one, right? With all of these announced, uh, in addition to, of course, Jason Aaron's reboot of uh, the 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 primary book. What like what do you? What are your thoughts before I dive into my whole spiel? I'm not caught up. You got caught up, yeah. No, so I mean, it's, it's tough for you to have have hard opinions on these, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I feel like IDW wanted to make a huge splash with the Ninja Turtles for the th- their 40th uh, anniversary, and/or they just wanted to uh, inject some money into their pockets by rebooting back to one, right? Because th- that's that's kind of always the the case. You reboot back to one, you bring on new readers, your sales go you know, skyrocket for a while. That's what they're doing here. Bringing in Jason Aaron is kind of a bonus that they're, you know, they're able to get such a big name for the Ninja Turtles. The The weird part of this is that it is in the IDW universe. I'm surprised that they're handcuffing him by saying we have this, you know, 150 issue plus all the side books universe that you need to play in, which there are a lot of very important characters that are either dead or have flipped sides. And you're basically just telling him, figure it out, homie, you know? Yeah. And I, I, it, it's a comic book. Of course, they'll find a way to resurrect whoever they need to resurrect or make someone a villain who, you know, isn't a villain. Now I, I get that, but not giving them a clean slate is really weird to me.
1: Yeah. It is unusual. Cause like, in in traditional comic book fashion, you know, they'll are they continuing the numbering or are they starting like with one blah 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 because that's what they'll do, you know, like Amazing Spider-Man one through you know, two hundred and then, like okay time to restart with you know one and so on and so forth because they do that all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've even seen comic book uh, lines. I think the I th- I think. Superman did this at some point they went back to one and then after they decided they were going to abandon their new number scheme, they just rolled it back into the, like the older number scheme. So like this issue is issue 47 and issue 374. Oh wow. Yeah. Is comics are weird, bro. Yeah. Uh, w- like the mutination thing makes a lot of sense to me because the books that are on the shelves now, like the, the current series, Apparently is successful, successful enough for IDW to bring back the 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 the, uh, the creative team and give them a brand new ongoing with the same characters. Yeah. Right. So they're they're this is a, a real have your cake and eat it to situation like you're juicing your numbers by rebooting the, 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 the series, but also keeping the readers you have by giving them their own little play, toy box to play in the only real wild card here is the night watcher. Yeah. Because this is also an in universe book. I think I'm 90% sure. Yes. Yes. It is in the, uh, the IDW universe. So, and based on the pictures of the night watcher, it is a turtle. Yeah. Which means it can only be one of five characters, six, six characters, seven. If you're being real generous with who it could be or five. Six, yeah. Okay. Um, but if you have this ongoing running concurrently with the TMNT book, the you know the, the flagship title, how are you going to justify one of those turtles having an adventure on his own at the exact same time that is ongoing? So logically, I think, hey, this is Jenica. Yeah, like that, that that's where my brain goes. Like Jenica, Gen- maybe Venus, but th- there's also a, a a very popular opinion er, or or theory that it is future wrath. Yeah. So you, of course you're not caught up, but in, in the 2024 annual, there was a future turtle that came back and it was a one shot annual book that they really haven't touched on the plot of it at all. And the future turtle was Raphael. So like the, the the, Vegas money is on either Jenica or future Raph. I can't decide which one I believe it actually is, but I don't think they're going to stray from either one of those. It would make sense for Jennica to be the main character of Mutant Nation because it's been confirmed that Jennica is not going to be uh, not going to play a heavy part in Jason Aaron's reboot. So you have to do something with her. And according to our other piece of news, which is a Jason Aaron uh, interview, uh, according to his interview, IDW has plans for Jenica's character so that so
1: that's a very interesting
0: yeah yeah like and and he alluded to it being big plans not like she's going to die plans you know so my money's on jenica's either going to be the night watcher night watcher or the main character of mutant nation but they're not revealing anything until at least when uh issue 150 comes out because that will close down the storylines of the current ongoing i, I have put way too much brain power behind all of these like all of this i need these books to come out to rest my soul at this point i mean i get it i get it so i uh i'm currently writing a blog post over on my personal blog that's like a 400 word like brain vomit of how i think this will and or should go yeah and I'll probably share it on our Facebook page. Just, just to be like, hey, go check this out. I, I do this sometimes. So uh, so yeah, that's... Personally, I'm going to consider this big dump from uh, IDW the big news this week. I know the the video game stuff kind of came out of left field. And, and that kind of competes with it for biggest news. But it looks like the 40th anniversary is going to have a lot of stuff to read. Yeah, indeed. Um... We are we're covering idw this this episode, so we're we're getting there. We're getting there, but we have a long way to go to get caught up. Yeah. I think we're halfway to current right now, mm-hmm. close to it. Uh, anything else on that before we move on? Yeah. Okay, Well, Jeff, that's it for news. That was a lot. We did it, man. We did. Um, there's one piece of news that I didn't really put here, but uh, the Kevin Eastman did a an interview about The Last Ronin 2. I cannot remember where that interview is. Let me source it real fast. Uh, IGN FanFest. Yes, over on IGN, uh, Kevin Eastman did some some press for The Last Ronin 2 re-evolution. Uh, I, I, nothing really revelatory came out of it. Um, but if you do want to read about the new Last Ronin books, jump over to IGN. They've got some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. OK, Jeff, it's time for our main main topic, right?
1: Uh, no. For, before we get to that, Ooh. it's time for a quick break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's called the okie doke. You pulled the okie doke. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's got something else to talk about. Oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> break time. <laughs> Okay, we're hey everybody. We're this is we were done recording news, and then at the very last second, right before we hit the publish button, uh, more news topics dropped that we didn't want to wait two weeks to talk about. So this is a quick news pickup uh, to bring us to date, to get us caught up. Uh, also, I don't want to keep Jeff from his Hell Divers any longer, so we're going to knock you. this out real quick.
1: Got to fight for democracy. I must okay. call you Steve. I haven't been playing. Uh, <laughs> that's who I've been playing with, one of my friends, Steve. I was like, that.
0: Anyway. Well, uh, what, 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 what's the first topic? What, what's going on?
1: Uh, I think the big news of the week uh, was that we we have a confirmed release date for the sequel to Mutant Mayhem. And that is October 9th,
0: 2026. That's correct. Uh, a full three years after the first movie and yeah. now it's not a summer release, which is interesting. Yeah. Um. The other, the previous one was just barely a summer release. So, uh, well, there's, there's not a lot going on in, in October
1: normally, at least, right, right. You know, so that's almost kind of a guaranteed win unless something out of nowhere
0: shows up like a non-existent, you know, movie that we don't know about yet yeah like uh, october is typically like horror movie month and it's it's just it, that's the middle of the school year you know if, if this is yeah. a kid's movie which obviously they're going to make it a kid's movie you know it, is there availability for kids to go watch it if they're in school all the time but we'll, we'll see i mean weekends uh, they you know they go stop they go stop them it's not it's not a terrible date um but 2026 so two years Two years and eight months, super duper. Well, what's what's the the, the next chunk of news? Uh, the
1: other chunk is uh, you know we we had talked about um, the Wrath of the Mutants uh, 2K12 uh, game uh, coming out uh, that was you know originally in arcades in you know your Dave and Buster's and whatnot. Didn't didn't have any information if it was going to be digital only or or what, but well we have confirmation now. It is getting. Physical. So let's get physical. Sergio. (laughs) On Nintendo switch, PlayStation four, PlayStation five, Xbox series. All that. Um, (laughs) I don't Xbox. So, uh,
0: what S and X (laughs) S and X. So. Yeah. Well, the um, S and the X are the same console. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's just poorly named, but it's the same console. Um, uh, this is this is great news uh yeah and it's 30 bucks so that's 30, even better yeah thir- 30 bucks is a good price uh I wonder if it's coming to pc did to... yes it is Yeah, so, so it's gonna be on steam it, it should be on literally everything well should but it like a pc release is not guaranteed like well, yeah. are, do you, are you are you seeing anywhere that it is definitely coming to pc uh Let's see. Because that's a place that the turtles have been underrepresented, um, underrepresented in the past. According to this, Shredder's Revenge is on PC. Calabunga Collection is on PC, mm-hmm. and then something called Ninja Turtles Porter Portal Power. I, I have no idea what that is. Yep, yeah, that's PC. That's it. It is coming to PC. Cool. Yep. Confirm via Destructoid. Then yeah, it's coming to everything. April 23rd. Now I want to, what is this portal power stuff? Oh no. I might have to check this out. This is a, diff, a different game. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, good news coming to come to physical. Uh, I'll, I'll probably buy it for something. Xbox. I like Xbox. Uh, third 30 bucks is not a bad price. Hopefully it's good. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, and there was one more thing you wanted to talk about, Jeff.
1: Uh, well, uh, the listing for uh, the Evil Rex One uh, uh, figure from the uh, the '80s cartoon um, is up uh, on Target online, and of course, it is sold out. But you know that won't stop you know people from you know finding it in stores because they'll just look at it and be like, "What is this?" <laughs> um. But I absolutely I wish they'd reissue Rex in stores with the, the OG wrecks uh, with these. Um, but I still have to try that down. But I I got to say, I absolutely love the box art um, for this. But you you're not a fan of it, them calling it sewer heroes.
0: Hear Should me out. Called, OK, hear me out. Okay, so if you if you follow the trajectory of all of the the, the box art for these these uh, ultimate figures, each character gets a VHS styled box. The only character that got a sewer heroes style box was a palette swap. It was the uh, the muck man that glows in the dark. It was like a special edition muckman glow in the dark figure, right? Right. This is also in a superhero's box as if this is just a palette swap. But if Evil Rex One was a character in the show, then it's not a palette swap. It is a different character. Mm-hmm. Thus he should have a standard VHS box art.
1: Yeah, I can I can agree with that.
0: Yeah. It's 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 Sergio's brain run amok, gone awry. It's exactly where my brain goes when I look at this kind of stuff. Uh, the consistency is, is or the lack of a consistency bugs me. But you know what? The figure looks menacing and scary, and and probably exactly the way he's supposed to look from the from the uh, the, the episode. So it's not a complaint. It's more of an observation. Yeah. And the the text on the back of the box is truly inspired. I'll 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 give it that. Oh, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, so uh, what this guarantees, Jeff, is next episode, we are going to have zero news topics. Ooh, that's what's going to happen. It's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. The universe is going to spin it back around on top of us. But that does it for our news pickup. Uh, We will now get you back to your regularly scheduled Shellheads episode. Jeff, you can go back to your Helldivers now.
1: I thank you, Sergio, and I will fight for explosive democracy. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I will dish out explosive democracy. There
0: we go. That's better. <laughs> 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 and we're back. Uh, that, was, that was break time. Uh, I, I hope all of you had a wondrous break. Um, we are still here talking about Ninja Turtles. And uh, Jeff, n- now is the time when we talk about our main topic. Uh, what is our main topic this time?
1: We are diving back into uh, not Hell Divers, unfortunately, because um, <laughs> that's what I've been obsessed with for the past week plus. Uh, we're diving back into the IDW comics.
0: That's correct, and unlike most issues where we talk about the IDW like ongoing series, we're not actually talking about the IDW ongoing series in this one. Yeah. The way it works out, uh, just chronologically speaking, the Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything mini and the first four issues of TMNT universe chronologically are back to back. And that's what we're reading today. Uh, we will most likely get back to the ongoing next time, but I still think there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of universe in there for the foreseeable future because there's 25 of those issues. Yeah. Uh, I promised you a wild trip. With this Bebop and Rocksteady story, what uh, did what'd you, you think? Did?
1: It can be summed up in the best way I know how as calling this Bebop and Rocksteady's uh, bogus journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you not familiar with the reference, uh, look up Bill and Ted. There's three yeah, of those but, movies. Yeah, just give they're, them that. They have the internet. They know how it works. They're uh, all excellent. Uh, the second one's like zanier,
0: like way off the rails. So that's exactly uh, dude, what this is. Focus Journey is the best of the three because I'm gonna disagree it's completely with you. off the rails. Disagree I disagree with you
1: because the first one is my favorite, but I love all three films. Uh,
0: but you are, you, you're absolutely right in saying that the Bill and Ted movie that is off the rails is the most like Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. Because this, but by the time the fourth book rolls around, this thing has completely like crashed itself into the sun. It's wild how crazy this gets. Yeah, especially considering they're trying to ground it in a well-established IDW universe, right? Uh, the it, but the real secret sauce, I think, to this whole like this this miniseries it's it's five books, and there is a lot of time travel. There are Uh, Like Renette plays a a a significant part in it. It's got Savante Romero. It's it's got callbacks to the uh, to the Mirage universe. It's got kind of everything you would expect from a zany time travel paradox story. But the real secret sauce is what we learn about Bebop and Rocksteady as characters. Yeah. Which I didn't know I needed until I read this you know, cause we really weren't given any backstory to these characters in the original cartoon. They were just, it, you know, cronies or three uh, street thugs, street thugs. Yeah. They were just, they're just idiots. And the writers of this, which were, uh, let's see, Ben Bates and uh, Dustin Weaver, they were able to craft backstories for each, each one of these, these, these mutants, Bebop and Rocksteady that seems to fit the characters that we didn't know that they that they were and we'll we'll get to what that means but I I love this this five issues I love it I don't know if I would change anything but but before we we dive into that uh, we also read the first four books of Team into Universe which is a basically a four issue mini what would you think of that one
1: I I enjoyed that uh, uh, equally. Uh, as as much as I did uh, Be- the Bebop up in Rock City uh, bogus journey,
0: <laughs> yeah. The the other one s- seems to have more uh, consequences when it comes to the overarching story that they're telling. But it does some really good character work, um, I guess, much like the B- the BNR destroy everything does. But we we'll, we will get to that when we get to that. Here's the part where I. Describe what happens in each book, and we talk about each book. So, are you ready, Jeff? I'm ready, Sergio. Okay. Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything, Book One, starts with black and white panels drawn by Sophie Campbell, which uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but these are supposed to represent the turtles in the Mirage universe. Uh, oh, this wow. is, yeah, this is basically Savante Romero's backstory. And if you look closely, you'll see that it has it has the story from, uh, tales seven. Yeah. Tales number seven, uh, where he try. It, it's also the same story that was in that, uh, episode of two K three, where he has the, the big bone thing that's being held up by the time scepter. And doesn't matter. Uh, we get Savante Romero's backstory enough. So we'll know who he is. Uh, and then an introduction to, uh, bebop and rocksteady, uh, the turtles, find themselves in a New York museum of natural history. Cause Donatello was like, Hey, I need y'all to see something. Uh, I came across this the other day. It's kind of cool. Uh, they walk through the museum uh, and they see a mummified corpse that has a gem on its chest. And, uh, like apparently it's older than anything human that has ever been found. So he's like, Oh, that's cool. But more importantly, look at these two, uh, fossils over here, of what is clearly Bebop and Rocksteady. So we have fossilized versions of Bebop and Rocksteady and a mystery fossil in this New York museum, and it's very confusing. Uh, Donatello then pops up and says, hey, this is going to get weird. I'll be your guide through our adventures here, which is a cute little thing. I like that. Kind um, of kind of breaking the fourth wall. Uh, we cut to Rio de Janeiro. The uh, our, our boys, Bebop and Rocksteady, are doing some work with a Rio mob And they fail spectacularly, kill some people and do a whole bunch of damage to really expensive stuff. So they get kicked out of the, the, uh, the gang and they end up attacking the gang leader, possibly killing him afterwards. They're just sad that they're not in a gang anymore. Uh, and they're, they're just kind of happy that they have each other cut back to the turtles. They're still trying to figure out what's going on, going on with these fossils. Michelangelo touches the gem that's in the middle of the, the mummy and out pops, Boop Boop Boop, boo, boo, Renette. Of course. Uh, and she's like, "Hey, hey guys, what's up?" And of course, she has the she has the, the the Valley Girl accent going the entire time, which I love is consistent across every version of her. Yeah. Uh, and she kind of explains that what that gem is is like a beacon that was put in place in the past to summon her upon activation, and we don't know why. But that's kind of what we're trying to figure out here. Like, what? that's that's the call to action, right? Uh, they put together that, hey, if this is really a, a mummy from the past like this, it's probably got something to do with Savante Romero. We should probably go check on him because we left him in the Cretaceous period. Since the Time Scepter that Savante would have in the past would be the same as the one that Grenette currently has, she is able to teleport directly to where it would be when they do that. It turns out that it is currently in the present with Bebop and Rocksteady in Rio de Janeiro. And she teleports all five of them to Rio, which causes a fight between the turtles and Bebop and Rocksteady. And uh, then Bebop and Rocksteady who have gotten their, their time scepter out of a, basically a dumpster. They transport themselves back to the year was it 2001, 2000 back to yeah. the year 2000? Yeah. And the end of the issue is them going back to their old lair, not knowing it's the year 2000 and seeing their unmutated selves. Whew. So we're starting off with a bang. <laughs>
1: I'll say
0: uh, bringing in unmutated Bebop and Rocksteady is, is just mm, chef kiss here. Um, so far, the logic of all of this, Holds up pretty tightly. I'm not going to be too, uh, too critical because it gets so wild towards the end, but this kind of makes sense so far. What do you think?
1: Man, it, it, it does make sense, but that also doesn't make sense. And Donatello is here to tell us all about it. Um, which is my <laughs> probably one of my favorite parts of this issue. Um, I do really enjoy the art and this, especially when they're in the museum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I, you know, I didn't expect it going the direction of like, oh, there's a mummy. I was like, oh, and there's there's t- two skeletons. What's ha- what's happening? <laughs> you know. So like, this is probably one of the wildest turtles books in the IDW run.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Like there's
0: a like a, there's like a Spanish gang that has killbots. yeah they don't matter it's just three pages worth of them they don't matter
1: no but i'm like what where did they get the the kill bots and and they just what in the the Should actually just kill a whole bunch of guys like that's a lot of blood
0: it sure is that's
1: a lot of blood um (laughs) it's it's just all over the place uh um the thing that i'm going to poke point out the most is I absolutely cannot stand how Renette looks and her new outfit. She, it looks it looks like she stole it from Flavor Flav's closet. Uh, what do you she's, mean? Got that...
0: she's always been into clocks, dude.
1: I know, but this outfit is just, no. It, it's just really dumb. There's a giant, huge clock on top of her head.
0: I like as, the way... As opposed to a... a... Bunch of little ones were better. Uh, the, the... <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, all of her costumes look dumb. <laughs> all of them do. Uh, I, so I, I guess... With the
1: exception of the 2K12 one, that one was a bit more kind of refined.
0: No, I think they all were dumb. All of them were dumb. I, I and I and I think they're purposely dumb. Like, like this is another dimension, in, and also extremely far in the future, where style has gotten completely out of hand. You've seen science fiction before, you know? Yeah. So it's on purpose. This one is if anything subtle compared to some of the other stuff she's had, yeah. uh, it is weird that her ears are covered. Uh, yeah, I've got no problems with it. It's funny. You say you, you like the art, which I, I agree. The art is great. But when these books came out, they came out one week after another. So it was five weeks straight of bebop and Rocksteady destroying everything. Right. Yeah. Instead of them being monthly books, these were weekly books. And because of that, they had to spread the artwork out amongst numerous artists. And you can tell if you flip through the book that the art does change as you go back and forth from New York to to Rio uh, and it's covered and the arts done by, as I said, the first three pages are Sophie Campbell and then it bounces back and forth between uh, Justin Weaver and Ben Bates and Ben Bates is one of my favorites. Um, uh, and then Giannis, Milo Giannis, that's an oh, that's an awesome name. Uh, he does a couple of pages at the end. So, yeah, they, they really had to go pretty deep into their bench to get this done in, in a timely fashion, considering how quickly these were being released. And uh, it's kind of cool, kind of cool that that's that's how they, they pulled it off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's keep going. I'm excited. I'm excited to get to the to the wacky stuff. So, OK, so <laughs> issue two, Turtles and Renette are trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, And they finally decide, you know what, let's just let's just go back to the Cretaceous period. That's really our that's the only our only lead that we have. And so that's what the entire first pages is is them figuring out. The next few pages are Bebop and Rocksteady rocking out with their human selves and basically saying, yo, dude, we're we're awesome mutants now in the future. And this is what is going to happen to you. It's all it's great. And they, you know, they talk a little bit about their past and their history and, and it, it, it really becomes this really weird dynamic between the, the, four of them. Uh, then we're back in the Cretaceous period where Savante Romero has another bebop and Rocksteady who are basically his, his Cretaceous thugs, uh, with a bunch of other, you know, dinosaurs there to help. Uh, he, he is eyeing an utram, not utram, a, yeah, it, I guess it would be Utrum. Yeah, Utrum compound that uh, he hopes to use to transport himself back to the future because he knows that they have uh, transporting technology inside of their, their facility. So, him and B. Bob and Rocksteady attack them. Uh, we see that there are uh, Utrams in there, uh, including Ambassador, Ambassador Quanan. Quanan? Yeah, one that and that name has come up a lot in the past and uh, in, in the past and will continue to come up a lot in the IDW books. Uh, right as that's happening, the turtles come crashing through uh, with Renette and they j- join in on the big fight. Raphael finds Pepperoni. Pepperoni was the the little baby dinosaur thing that he befriended when they had their first time traveling adventure. And. We see that Savante Ramiro gets the technology that he needed to do his transport transportation, and uh, as he's getting it, another Renette Renette pops through, uh, an older one with a different outfit on, uh, who is trying to stop Savante from from getting the technology and you know transporting through time. Uh, in the process of all of this, that Renette dies, and Bebop and Rocksteady are knocked out, Savante steals that Renette's scepter and jumps through the portal. We then see the dead Renette leaving the beacon in her chest via the 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 you know the the gym that we saw in the first book, uh exp- you know th- and which brings that story into a complete circle. Uh the turtles and Renette jump back through the portal. <sighs> chasing after Cervante, but they end up going through a different portal because apparently their timeline has been altered according to Renette. And so when they pop back out, uh, well, they don't pop back out quite yet. We check back up with the original Bebop and Rocksteady and they're still in the year 2000 uh, and they uh, decide they are going to take uh, their, their new buds back to 2016 with them, try to open a portal to 2016 and somehow end up pulling another Bebop and Rocksteady in with them back to 2016, meaning that in 2016, we now have two sets of Bebop and Rocksteady's in cars crashing into each other and a set of unmutated Bebop and Rocksteady's or is that? No, I think there's two sets of unmutated Bebop and Rocksteady. So there's a total of four sets in 2016 and they Their cars just ran into each other and exploded in a fiery crash. And the turtles and Renette are just looking on like, what did we just see? Like it had a real first act uh, of back to the future vibe to it. When when uh, Marty is running away from the Libyans, yeah, it was like like an outsider had just stumbled upon that scene is like, what's going on here? Uh, Things are getting wild, Jeff. What would you think?
1: Indeed, they are. Um, I'm very much reminded that car chase. What what, what was it? Was a it turtle? Was a turtle? What was it? Tales of TMNT when they went
0: to that weird dimension and they all those bodies changed and. No, that was that was in the the, the regular book, like like volume one. But I know exactly the book you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Sky Highway. As, yeah, it's not as crazy as that, but I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there's some, you know, Back to the Future like you know, DeLorean. <laughs> Uh, uh going through time uh special effects on the car which the car uh as of note is the um uh it, bebop and rock Studios, uh, car is uh reminiscent of the i can't remember the exact name of the toy
0: was it a uh, foot cruiser
1: yeah something like that yeah um of course you saw it in the in the, in the games and stuff um but that's really, really nice to see. Like, oh, hey, that's her car. I'm like, oh, hey, I know that. I have that toy somewhere. <laughs> Don't know where it is, but uh, I like it. Um, I really, really, really dug that scene. Uh, it's just, and at this point, I'm like, okay, what the shell is going on? Like, I'm, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> uh, like, p- part of my favorite thing here is, and I didn't mention it in the recap, but the, the reason, like, Mutant Bebop and Rocksteady are like, dudes, we are in this, this gang and they're awesome. They're the foot clan. And then we are reminded that in the year 2000, the foot clan was just a, like a banking firm. Like it wasn't even a clan, right? Yeah. Which is, is a really funny callback and also just a nice in world way to address why they want to go back to 2016, which is that that was the reason they wanted to go back. Uh, yeah. When, when they saw themselves, it's just fantastic. All of this is fantastic.
1: Oh, I, I agree 100%. Like it's such, it's such a fun read. Um, I did like, uh, when they're going through the time portals, it, it's all these like different tunnels and stuff. That looks like it's from the circuits of time in Bill and Ted, because yep. they have all these different branching, um, paths. And it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. The arts all over the place. Um, <laughs> In this,
0: and uh, I, I, I dig that as well. Well, slight correction. It wasn't four versions of T uh, of Bebop and Rasay that were that were crashing into each other. It was just three. but there's more to come, so it's fine. Are we ready for issue three? Yeah, who did the art at the beginning of the uh, were they in the uh, the Jurassic era? Oh, um it was not Ben Bates. I know that. It was the other one. Wait, the Jurassic area? You mean oh, the Cretaceous area? That was um, yeah, that was, Sophie Campbell. Yeah, that was yeah. Sophie Campbell. Yeah, that was Sophie Campbell. Yeah, dude, I just I love her art so freaking much. Oh yeah, yeah, it really jumps off the pages, and it it and it really jumps off the pages when it's right next to someone else's art that has a very distinctly different style. Mm-hmm. All right, book three. So the, the turtles and Renette again are trying to figure out what's going on, uh, and Renette is is throwing out time you know, time terms like TT, alter, stream, like basically all these technical terms for her job that is basically code for this is bad. Things are going very, very bad right now. Uh, they, they determine that they're in an alternate dimension from wherever Savante C- Romero went uh, because Bebop and Rocksteady altered the one they were coming back to. And they establish that every time someone time travels... It creates an alternate dimension simply because they are there. Uh, kind of a butterfly effect dimension creation mechanic, right? Uh, Renette did find, you know, figures out that the place that Bebop and Rocksteady are headed to next is uh, 2012 Stock Gen, which is where the turtles were mutated. That's where they came from. This is a real going-back-home situation. And we then find out exactly why they headed to uh stock gen uh, is because they wanted to get their new human friends mutated. So they went to the mutagen store, <laughs> which of course is stock gen. That's where, that's where it comes from. So they're, they end up fighting each other over all kinds of petty stuff. Uh, we see shots of April and um, Lindsay and even Chet is in here somewhere. Yeah, Chet is in here. Uh, the Turtles and Renette show up to see their unmutated selves. Uh, and April faints And while running off. And they have to then fight Bebop and Rocksteady, who inadvertently create an army of mutant bugs. But we'll get there. Uh, they, the Bebop and Rocksteady, they, they free a an early version of Slash. So Slash shows up. Uh, and, and joins the fight. So there's, there's a whole bunch of, of, of mutants that come out of this. Uh, there's one, there's, there's a pair that look like Wingnut and screw loose. There's a, a, a cockroach one that looks like kind of like scumbug. Um, there's a fish face looking one. Uh, some rock soldiers come through uh, the EP, EP, earth protection force. EPF comes through uh, like at this point, chaos has broken out in 2012. Uh, Because every party wants to kill every party. Like there's a SWAT team there and Bebop and Rocksteady are just kind of fighting their way out. Um, They start opening portals and pushing characters through them so they don't have to fight them. Which means they throw Slash into another portal and another mutant into another portal. uh, And they end up throwing scientists through portals. It's just, just a mess. Uh, April gets mutated into something we don't know because she gets shoved into a portal uh, along with the now uh, uncloaked uh, Chet. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady and Bebop and Rocksteady jump back into their car and drive through another portal, uh, leaving 2012 in shambles. And the Turtles going, what do we do? I guess we follow, right? No, they end up going to, quote, a place where we might fix this a place outside of time. We're going to the 79th dimension, which is a place that has been referred to multiple times in turtles lore as, uh, where the time Lords live and where they, you know, where they keep things situated. Uh, we're going to get to see the 79th dimension, Jeff. Fascinating. Yes. Uh, this was an absolute melee that, was designed to just show how quickly this can get out of hand. What did you think?
1: I thought the first, the first two were bonkers.
0: They just keep ratcheting it up. Don't they? Yeah. They keep going a little crazy. Cause in this one, not only do they have the, the uh, time scepter, but it's like, we're going to the mutagen store and we're going to accidentally mutate everyone. Yeah. Uh, I love the chaos of this issue. Uh, and I love that it was set within the IDW universe so they can pull out little nuggets here and there. What nuggets did you see? Because there's a lot.
1: Oh, there, there are, there, there are a lot. Well, we've got the, uh, we've got the time, the chalkboard that Donatello is trying to explain, uh, to the turtles, uh, about, you know, the timeline and everything, which was reminiscent of, uh, back to the future. Marty, Marty. If we go back in this point, we come back, you know, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well that all explains. That's very simple. Um, so uh, you know Donatello doing his best Doc Brown impression. <laughs> um, and so there's so many times in these panels that I keep thinking, I'm like, why does Donatello have long, luxurious like, you know, black hair locks, rocker locks? And I was like, oh wait, those are goggles because like. In some panels, I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> it looks like a hairpiece.
0: Okay. <laughs> don't like goggles on Donnie. Wait till we put a toupee on him.
1: I mean, look, you have you have a wig on your image, so
0: it looks very no, similar. I, no, I don't. That is my natural hair. Your natural turtle hair. Yes. Just just like you grew that beard out of your metalhead face.
1: Hey, look, it's just semantics. These books just ignore all the standard rules of, of time travel. Uh, it's like, don't run into your past selves. Don't, talk, don't interact. Don't do any of this other stuff. Don't do that. You know, it's like, no, Renette's here. It's going to be messy. It's going to be very, very messy until the end. And just, you know, <laughs> wrap this all up. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's yeah. like and, the, the time cleanup uh, uh, crew is basically what.
0: The... This is very reminiscent of like Loki, the yeah. the TV show. Like I know yeah. that this came out way before Loki did, but it's the same principle, you know. Yeah. Uh, wh- when it comes to nuggets, they're in there, man. Uh, so, I don't know if you noticed towards the end of the book, uh, in the Stock Gen laboratory, someone steps on splinter.
1: Yeah, was it was, like, it oh, no.
0: yeah, it was it was Bebop. Yeah, uh, which which, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like none none of this actually matters. So it, it's fine. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, at one point I counted. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five Bebops. One, two, three, four. <laughs> There's also five steady. Like it's 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 a mess, man. Uh, the Fugitoid is there, of course, because that's who Chet is. Um all, all of this is the reverence here is squarely on the IDW history. You know, they, they could have gone anywhere else, but they they said, you know, we're going to we're going to it's like an ode to the book that we're based on. So I, I love it. Uh, what would you think of Knife Stars? Knife Stars. Yeah. On page 12, halfway down, the turtles just fling a bunch of shuriken at uh, at unmutated Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh,
1: it- Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see that now. Yeah, that was great.
0: <laughs> and I'm
1: like, are you crazy, Sergio? No, you don't know Japanese stuff. And I'm like, geez, man, even I don't know what a shuriken is. <laughs> and then I see the panel there now. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, now I see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just ah, knife stars. They got knife stars.
1: <laughs> Rocksteady look at uh, human form looking like uh, Gary Busey now. He really does look like so, Gary Busey. But only in that panel. Like later on, it's, you know, it's yeah. a little different. But I'm like, whoa.
0: Yeah. And we're you, not talking
1: about like vintage Gary Busey. We're talking about now Gary Busey, which
0: is just. Oh, the the busiest Gary Busey. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. It's it's one of the books that you really have to experience to, to really understand how bonkers it gets. Yeah. Describing it on a podcast does not do it justice. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready for book four if you are. Okay. Issue four. So. Uh, th- the The personal story that they're telling with the various Bebop and Rocksteady is that Bebop has always kind of been a street thug, and Rocksteady has a military background. So Rocksteady is the one who knows about guns and explosives, and you know he he, he has a an expertise. Bebop is very street smart, and that's why they work together so well because they're kind of two sides of the same <laughs> violent coin, right? Well. Uh, We find out that at some point, Bebop gets kicked out of the, out of a gang and Rocksteady won't leave the gang with him because he feels like it's the best thing for him personally and doesn't want to back up his buddy. And that has always been a point of contention between the two of them, even going back to when they were, you know, before they were mutated. Well, there being four characters has only exacerbated this fight and brought up old wounds. And so while in the time tunnels, Bebop and Bebop decide to separate from Rocksteady and Rocksteady, and they both end up in two different dimensions. Bebop and Bebop end up in a futuristic dimension uh, where they're drinking with utrams and <laughs> Rocksteady and Rocksteady end up in the past. Uh, I believe in is this World War Two? I think it. No, it's World War One. I, I believe it's uh, in France, nineteen sixteen, and so they're they're. Uh, Fighting the Frenchmen's, the Frenchmen's, the Frenchmen, the French, the French. There we go. Uh, Bebop and Bebop very quickly get on the wrong side of the law and are being chased out of out of a bar through a world that has many a technodrome. Uh, they jump into their car and drive off. Uh, Beba or Rocksteady and Rocksteady. That there is an explosion in the in the, in the battle that they're fighting. And uh, it basically kills the human Rocksteady, uh, and Rocksteady decides, you know what? Through the conversations that they're all that, that they're you know having with their their past selves, they really both characters come to the same conclusion on their own, and that is they are better when they are with their counterpart. So, like Bebop and Rocksteady is a thing, and we have to find each other which is now next to impossible because they've created an infinite number of dimensions where chaos is happening. Rocksteady accidentally kills his human counterpart. Bebop accidentally kills his human counterpart. And both of them have time scepters. So they are traveling through time looking for each other at the same time. Uh, in the stock in the 2012 stock gen labs uh, where the melee is still happening, we get a, Bebop and Rocksteady muted mutated together because a version of them crashed into a mutagen, uh, tank. (laughs) Rocksteady decides he's got to find Bebop. So jump, he jumps through a, uh, a time portal. And the next, basically the rest of the book is them jumping from dimension to dimension, looking for their counterpart only to find the chaos that they created by pushing characters through the 2012 time holes and each dimension gets weirder as you flip through them. Uh, at one point they're in the Kennedy space center in 1969 and rocksteady accidentally sends a, a, a NASA rocket through a time portal. Uh, Bob goes to, I, I don't even know what this is. Uh, and then there's, there's back in the, the Mesozoic, Uh, 1 million B.C., whatever that is, they really are jumping all over the place and only creating more chaos and more weirder versions of Bebop and Rocksteady show up. And these characters, they're dropping throughout time. They end this this specific issue not having found each other. But the Turtles and Renette, who aren't really featured in the book, are looking at the time tunnels from the 79th ninth dimension going. This is terrible. What is going to happen? Uh, basically, bebop and rocksteady are literally destroying everything. And this this book is just chef kiss. This is exactly what I wanted out of the the, the chaos of this this miniseries, and it hits on all cylinders. No no notes, no complaints. What about you? It's
1: yeah, I mean, it's definitely you know, uh, what what if we gave you know two completely irresponsible idiots a way to travel through time,
0: and don't with, educate them in any way on what the consequences of that are? <laughs> that is
1: exactly. They read, they watched nothing. They read nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, you know, just go ahead, bro. Just have all, uh, tell them everything.
0: And what's what's cool is. Even though they jump from like to ten different dimensions here, the creative team specifically made sure that each dimension had a different artist attached to it. so this book was drawn by eight different people.
1: I really, really dig that. It keeps it fresh and interesting and unique um, it's It's absolutely bonkers, but yeah. it's also not something that's usually done in comics. It's usually you know a set you know, person or persons, you know, um, that do, you know, whatever, but like, he was like, Oh, each, each thing is going to be different and unique. I'm like, that's, that's fascinating to me. That's, 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 that's changing the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not to derail this conversation, but I would like to, I would like to, to note that there are more dimensions on display in this book alone than there is in the, in, entire movie of, uh, Dr. Strange two. Yeah. Don't have to elaborate on that. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. I really liked that. Bebop rear ended himself because he doesn't know how to use the portal, the portals properly. Yeah. I don't know if that's even physically possible, but I guess it's science fiction. Anything is, but it's a really funny thing to write. It is. Uh, I, I was also very impressed in the writing uh, of the bebop character. Like the thing that got him to realize he needed Rocksteady was understanding that he can be really annoying. Like a- after his human counterpart died, he was just like, Oh, you're dead. Look, no offense, pal, but I didn't like you much anyway. I never knew what a jerk I really am. Gotta go. So yeah. like it's, it, it was a really self-aware kind of thing for this idiot to have to go through, which I, good job guys way to way to find a, a way to write character growth in these two buffoons. I agree. Um,
1: it's just, it's so all over the place and it's hard not to just, again, take your time reading these like, yeah. cause there's so much going on. It's, it's very easy to get kind of lost um, in the shuffle. Um, but you know, I mean, you're already listening to this, so obvious spoilers. Uh, the the <laughs> panel where Bebop and Rocksteady, like, fused together after being hit with mutagen. I was like, whoa, that's a grotesque-looking sight. Um, you know, and at that point, you're just like, this can't end well. Like, <laughs> like, how does this not have ramifications on the future?
0: Well, that's what that's what book five is for, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I the time travel is one of my favorite gimmicks when it comes to to, to building a story. And there are really two ways you can you, you can tell a story with time travel. One, absolute chaos, right? That's the most fun. That's the one that I want. That's the one that I want to see. Because the other one is we have strict rules. You can't break them or bad things happen. They pitched that that was you know, the case in back to the future only to find that it wasn't really the case. They kind of broke their own rules, which was good. Uh, but this is the kind of time story that I want. I want stuff to have ramifications that are just ludicrous. And again, no notes. This issue is perfect. Yeah. Uh, you ready for book five? Indeed. Okay. The issue starts off with the turtles in the 79th dimension, looking at the time tunnels and Renette saying, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to fix this. And of course, the other time Lords are like, no, no, you, you can't just do that. And she's like, I got I to gotta break the rules. There's only one way to fix this. So the uh, Renette and the turtles run to the basically the hub where all of the time tunnels, uh, you know, lead. And she decides to shut them all down. She, she shuts them down and reroutes every time tunnel. To the same place, to one singular dimension, which means every radical version of Bebop and Rocksteady and the characters that they that they ruined, they're going to the same dimension. That's that's what that that's how they're going to clean everything up. Subsequently, millions of dimensions are destroyed because of it, uh, because it, they they just kind of spin off their accesses accesses because of the damage that has been done. But there's really nothing that can be done to fix those except get rid of any, basically get rid of anything that is an outlier. Uh, Renette and the turtles then jump into a little, t- a, 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 time, a time ship and go into the tunnels to find the original bebop and rock, bebop and rock study that ruined all of this. They then have a fight scene inside of the time tunnels. Uh, the turtles pick a, pick a catchphrase uh, turtle power, which really weird little subplot happening there, uh, and uh, Pepperoni saves the day by nabbing the, the time scepter as it's floating away in the tunnels. Uh, the but Renette and the turtles make sure that Bebop and Rock City go go to where they need to go for everything to play out the way it's supposed to play out in this series. So they drop them off in the Cretaceous period, so they befriend Cervante Romero and become his, uh, his henchman. Renette left a pair of bebop and rock in the time tubes to suffocate and die, I guess. So like they now have the dead bodies of a bebop and a rock that they then have to go back to the Cretaceous period to, to drop off. So their bodies end up in the future in New York. They, while they're dropping off the dead bodies of those two, they have to pick up the two that Savante Romero have abandoned has abandoned in the Cretaceous to take them back to New York or back to Rio de Janeiro to fix that time uh, time stream as well. So technically, Bebop and Rocksteady will remember these adventures they've been on, but will have no way of you know time traveling because they no longer have any time scepters. Uh, once. Th- all of this is completed and the timelines are repaired. Renette is back in the museum in New York. And now that she knows that the dead body of the mummy that they find in the museum is her, she's able to wake the body up and talk to her and be like, you you figured it out. You got it right. You Good job. I left the clues and you put the puzzle together. You're such a good time. Time Lord. Uh, the are our, our heroes. Then uh, they um, celebrate. We then cut to Rio de Janeiro a week ago. W- and we see the events of that. We didn't see in a previous book where Cervante is trying to get modern day Bebop and rock Rocksteady to join his 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 gang and they just kind of beat the crap out of him and say, no, we're not going to do that. Which of course is what brings all of this full circle and makes the story that we just read happen. Savanti Romero though is revealed to still have the trans dimensional device that he got from the Utrams in the past. So that is a loose end. Uh, The very last thing that we see uh, is or the last two things we see is Bebop and Rocksteady celebrating being in 2016, having their car back and they even have a little pet dinosaur with them. So that's cool. The turtles have pepperoni in uh, present day. So pepperoni is now just a member of the team. Cool. And there is a, it is revealed that there is a world of Bebop and Rocksteady's where April O'Neil is a, looks to be a moth mutant, fighting crime with the fugitoid in a trench coat, which would be a fantastic miniseries to read. Yes. He looks like a magician. He, he kind of does. He kind of does.
1: Mandrake from a uh, defenders of the earth. I
0: don't know who that is, but I, would I know take you don't know word for it. It's fine. Uh,
1: if any of you out there get that reference, then uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you uh 500 cool points.
0: Uh, yeah. So, so, this series ends on a high note on all, all, all sides. Uh, did this make sense, Jeff? Oh yes. And no, <laughs> it's still <laughs> too crazy all over the place. It, it, yeah. Yeah. And what, what I absolutely love is yes, what they did made sense. They put all the piece, all the puzzle pieces back to where they needed to be for everything to end the way it needed to end. But they acknowledged yeah, we had to kill millions of different dimensions. Oops. And and I feel like in your normal time travels, you know, tale, when you when you pull out the Deus Ex Machina and like fix everything, everything goes back to normal and there are no consequences. In this case, there were huge consequences and we got to see them and they're exciting. It's it again, no notes. This is great. Yeah. Uh I, I like the loose end with Savante Ramiro. I really like Moth April.
1: It'd be cool if Bugman showed up at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, she looks kind of like Bugman. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, and Pepper... I, I don't know if you know this, but Pepperoni is a thing now. Pepperoni is their pet.
1: I, I have heard.
0: Yeah, it's 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 cool. Uh, and Bebop and Rocksteady's little pet dinosaur... Is a thing. So both both our teams here get a pet out of this adventure.
1: Or if this was, you know, a cartoon series, the the penultimate, uh, you know, toy tie-in. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like in uh, in Silverhawks, uh, they had like, you know, all eventually all of them had pet birds. Of course, they all did something different.
0: <laughs> what, what, like their pet? <laughs> these are like the the toy tie-in where it would come with like Raphael with the bonus little toy. That was a little dinosaur that was all monochrome because they didn't want to paint two different figures. Uh, yeah, I, this is one of my favorite series in all of the IDW universe because all of there, there are no rules and the only rules are we're going to kind of fix this at the end, but there will be consequences and I love it. I love it so much, Jeff.
1: I do too. I, I really enjoyed this and you know, it's, it's the wackiness and and zaniness uh, of, of Bill and Ted's bogus journey
0: with, but with bebop and rock city. Yep. Yep. And it, it was, when it came out, it was very much an event series. As I said, it came out five weeks in a row, just a brand new bebop and Rocksteady study book. Uh, and they, apparently it did well enough that they were like, we're going to do this again next year. So a year after this one was came out, another Bebop and Rocksteady event book was released in five in five weeks, uh, called Bebop and Rocksteady Hit the Road, and it is a very much a follow up to this that has the same kookiness. It doesn't have, it obviously doesn't have the time travel, but it does have some uh, some new characters, some new, f- and it's almost as much fun. So I can't wait to read that one with you. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Any final thoughts on Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything? They
1: destroyed everything except
0: our hearts, Sergio. (laughs) Uh, If I were to critique anything in this book, it's clearly set in the IDW universe, but I feel like the version of the turtles that we get is a more universal version of the turtles. Like the Michelangelo is more Mikey than he usually is in IDW. The Raphael is more Raphael than he usually is in IDW. It's almost like they were th- they wanted this to have more of a mass appeal than your your garden variety IDW mini series, which is fine, but the whole them searching for a a uh, a catchphrase and landing on Turtle Power was kind of kind of lame and not up to the standards of your typical IDW story. Yeah. But that is a that that is at best a footnote on how great this this mini is. So I have so it, it's really not a complaint.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's all I've got. That's all I've got for that. Uh, but we have a whole nother set of books to read. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready.
0: OK. So, uh, as I've said before, at, at this point in uh, the IDW world, uh, the Turtles books are Pretty popular. They're selling pretty well. And they decided they're going to launch a second ongoing book uh, called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe. Uh, it would effectively act as a new Tales of the TMNT book without carrying that name. Uh, and it would, of course, st- start at issue one. And ultimately, it ran for 25 issues uh, concurrently with the ongoing. And all of the stories in it are canonically within the IDW universe. And a lot of them have the turtles. Some of them don't have the turtles. Some of them are side stories that involve only one turtle. They they really are able to stretch their legs in the team into universe books. And the first story that they tell is a four issue series uh, that tell one very Quick, uh, almost diehard like story where it happens inside one building uh, and it's and I really enjoy it. But that's what we're going to cover first. Uh, or that's what we're going to what that's what we're going to cover next uh, is the first four issues of TMNT universe. We're not going to cover the bonus extra like bo- tail because that's its own thing that we will cover cover later uh, called Inside Out. But we'll get to that. Uh, Here we go, Jeff. Book one. The book opens up with a mysterious uh, character making her way, their way through. uh, I don't I guess this would be New York. I don't think it's established where this is. Uh, And a monologue being given by the one and only Bishop to uh, what I believe this is a new character. uh, And that is Detective Lewis.
1: Huh? Like we haven't heard that before.
0: What? Detective Lewis?
1: A Robocop.
0: Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, Just no. Okay. That, that, that's a good pull. I did not know. I, I Okay. Uh, then there's also Colonel Knight, which there is a history of there being a Colonel Knight in a team and T, but they're basically cops or a SWAT team working with the EPF earth protection force, uh, to, and they're tracking down, uh, a mutant that looks to be a scorpion uh, to the TCRI laboratory in Ridge. Yeah. In Ridge is that Ridgewood, New York looks like Ridgewood. Uh, the turtles also are there uh, because they are on a mission with April, but they are not in the building. They let April go in first. We don't know why, but we will see momentarily. Uh turns out null. The red devil woman, Business lady who is the uh, owner of Null Industries has sent her uh, one of her mutants or a mutant named Zodi into the facility to steal technology or steal information from whoever runs uh, TCRI, which we find out very quickly is the one and only Baxter Stockman. April is there uh, trying to get Baxter Stockman to work with her because she knows everything she reveals to him that she knows about the turtles. She knows about the neutrinos. She knows about all the shady stuff he's been up to, including the shredder and Krang. He, she knows everything and he is not happy about it. Uh, but she wants him to work with, w- she wants him to work with her, uh, and the turtles. And he's just like, no, get out. Uh, as, as he's throwing his little temper tra- tantrum, a, an alarm goes off. Uh, and that's because the turtles have followed Zodi into the building along with at a, like, what looks to be a floating droid that was there mo- uh, monitoring the building for the EPF. The EPF is like, okay, we've been spotted. And so all, I guess everything has hit the fan, right? The turtles follow Zodi into a room, and she has murdered everyone in the room because she is a murdering mutant. That's what she does. Uh... A, a fight breaks out. They chase her down a hallway. Uh, she is pretty formidable cause she's able to take on multiple turtles at a time. She falls out a window. The turtles follow, uh, they're attacked by the EP EPF, uh, and are hit with a bunch of trank darts. So they immediately have to flee back into the building. The EPF is like "Call in reinforcements. We thought it was one mutant, but it's actually five things are bad. Uh, Baxter's like, we got to lock down the building and Donatello has been incapacitated. Uh, We, oh, Raphael gives a monologue about um, always being under uh, under fire. Everyone is trying to kill them uh, and our enemies are just getting stronger. Uh, Zodi is is uh, revealed to be roaming the hallways of uh, TCRI and Baxter and April are trying to figure out what to do next Donatello is completely incapacitated. That is book one. Uh, so it's quite an exciting and adventure. Uh, what you got?
1: This just feels like a, a, a more violent. Uh, let's lock the sensors in the closet. 2k3 episode.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I, I can feel you on that. Yeah. You know, cause, cause, cause Bishop's here. <laughs> um, Bishop and Baxter. It's yeah. Yeah. Pitting oh, those two I, against each other is cool.
1: I forget what, and this isn't this isn't Bishop's first appearance in ninety W. No, okay, it's been a while since we've gone back, so I'm just trying to remember where we
0: encountered him uh, before. Yeah, uh, I don't know exactly where we encountered him before this, but he's this is definitely not his his debut. Yeah,
1: um, I mean it just has all the the feelings of two K three. You know the the banter at the beginning with with Don. And Mike, like, hey, you, you know, you're the, you're, your weapon's a stick, you know, <laughs> you should try something different. And then, of course, Don hits himself, you know, in the head with, with Mikey's nunchucks.
0: Um, much, much like the, the Bebop and Rocksteady mini, th- that element feels like, uh, like an onboarding conversation. Like this is an issue one. We have to show some bl- brotherly banter so people know that this is that kind of book, right? Yeah. Uh, this is Zodi's first uh, appearance. Yeah, and I was like, "Is
1: this?" I was like, "Okay, well, this is this is interesting because I wasn't expecting a new
0: character." Uh, it turns out this is not the first time we've seen Detective Lewis and uh, Colonel Knight. The only debut we have here is Zodi, and I'm gonna say I really like Zodi a lot. I do too.
1: Um, and the, the whole th- the whole time I I can't think. When you say Detective Lewis and and uh, Knight, I was like Michael Knight and, and Lewis. I just can't can't get out of the pop culture head. <laughs> is anybody does, a, does Bishop drive a talking car? No. Nope. No. Nope. That would be cool. But this is a very interesting character. It's like um, Zodi's like. Uh, no, she's not. Shying away from killing, that's for sure. I mean, there is just some. There's, there's some blood and there's lots of it.
0: She, she reminds me of like a cat woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, she, but she, a scorpion. And I was like, oof, I fan scorpions.
0: Yeah. Uh, any nuggets before we move on? Cause we still have three books we got to do. Oh, um, I
1: mean, there's not really,
0: there's not really room for
1: nuggets. Cause they're in a, they're in Baxter's building. So
0: <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just not a lot going on.
0: Yeah, well, like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of parties at play here uh, with, with, you know, the EPF and, and the uh, the police and Baxter and Null and April and the turtle. Like everything is just kind of coalescing into this this much bigger fight than any of the parties involved was expecting, which is always a it's always a recipe for fun when none of the parties are prepared for what's going on. Yeah. Uh, let's then let's do book two then. Okay. Uh, the book starts with the turtles carrying Donatello up st- up the the stairs in what looks to be the foyer, uh, and the EPF trying to break into the building. Uh, Bishop is is pushing a narrative that this is the beginning of a war between humans and mutants, and we have to win this battle. Uh, otherwise it couldn't mean the end of humankind. He's just really, really talking up the idea that this is a war. And, uh, detective Lewis is like, calm down. This is, if, if it is, we need to handle this as professionals. And he is not, he is completely off the rails, which is, you know, of course his character, April and, uh, Baxter, are kind of working together, but not working together. They don't want to. Uh, the EPF breaks into uh, the the first floor, and they're met with smoke bombs and turtles just knocking the, them out, and Zodi just murdering everyone. Uh, they're not working together, but Zodi's like, "Hey, we're kind of we're not on the same team, but we have the same goals, so we should probably watch each other's backs." Despite me being a murderous mutant, right? uh it's revealed that Baxter has a a suit of basically a armor or what looks to, looks to be a, a stormtrooper costume that he's halfway in into uh as kind of a protective force uh he gets on the phone with Bishop and uh talks breakdown very quickly because Bishop knows that Baxter Stockman is going to betray him uh more fighting more talking uh April and Zodi uh meet Uh, but conveniently she does not kill, which is, I guess, good for us. Uh, tries to jump off the building, but is attacked by a defensive floating, uh, ball that is there from, uh, Bishop, which establishes that all parties are trapped in the building. All characters that we, you know, are trying to escape and get to freedom are, is trapped. They're, they're trapped and they're surrounded by the, uh, the EPF. Baxter saves saves Raphael, uh, and Michelangelo and Zodi get back into the building. Zodi is now uh, in handcuffs. Baxter is in his big armor suit. Everyone is trying to regroup to figure out how to get out of this place. Donatello is still incapacitated. Raphael loses his temper, punches Zodi in the mouth, which is kind of a theme of this book of, of, of Raphael not handling things the way they should be. He is dead set on killing Zodi book ends. Uh, this, this book does a really good uh, job of putting all of our characters into the situation that they're going to be in for this story to happen. So obviously, Everyone inside of the building that is trapped in there needs to work together regardless of what team they think they're on. So that means April, Baxter, the Turtles, Zodi, they all need to work together. And this book is the one is the one that puts them together on that team. It also establishes that the EPF has this building on lockdown from the outside. Baxter has locked it down from the inside, but no one can get out and no one can get in and it's it's kind of a stalemate and all all uh everyone needs to figure out what their next steps are uh it's getting tense what did you think
1: it's getting very tense yeah um you know it's like you're just like if you're not instantly hooked by these there's there's something wrong like it's it's there's just the 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 deliciousness of serialized storytelling uh, yes yeah that's a good way to put it you know um and and so many people are i think they're ready to get to the point and all this other stuff and i was like no you have to build on things just relax relax calm
0: down Be Yeah, here I w- the ride oh yeah i was i was just about to say that the pacing in in these four it reminds me of the pacing of the idw book like We need to establish the problem. We need to establish what the characters are going to do. We then have to make a plan. And then issue four is execution of that plan. And I I like what they've done with all of the characters. I love what they're doing with Raphael right now. Yeah. Because he he seems like he just wants to kill something. And Zodi is is the lamb that has been led to slaughter. And it's been building up in both of these issues. And if you, you know, are following the IDW story, it's kind of been building up for a long time. And uh, we find out why in the, you know, in the coming books. Uh, I, I kind of really dig this. This is Bishop at his most unhinged and just the best, the best version of Bishop. Just, just a like almost a zealot for you know government control and government uh, takeover of. of of things that he really has no business being involved in.
1: Yeah. sticking, sticking his nose, you know, where it doesn't belong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, like the reason for the story, you know, April reaching out to Baxter to, you know, to try to form an alliance that has tendrils that reach very far in the future of these turtles books, but they have quaint beginnings. And that is this, you know, the war to come story that we're reading now. So I, I very much appreciate that. Not to mention the the new character and, and the actual, pro, you know, problem that we're dealing with here. I, I really dig these. I dig these a lot. Uh, what you got uh, before we move on?
1: Um, again, there's not really a whole lot of nuggets, um, in this. Um, like you said, I am really enjoying, uh, the, the, the spotlight on Raphael. um, you know, he always we we don't really get to, like, you know, like you said, the anger has been building and he's going to have to let it let it go um, more or less in these books and stuff. He kind of has it managed, but not like this. Like, it's just, you know, it's just that teetering, like that one little word you say wrong. And it's like he's loose, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, the, the things I love about. Raph right is is just the way that you write him and the way that you portray him either his anger can be his greatest weapon because he's more powerful when he's angry or it can make him just sloppy so it just yeah. depends on which way they're pointing that deciding to point that arrow and let it go crazy <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and uh, i i guess my only complaint here is Them not addressing the fact that Zodi has the pincer has has like the 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 big scorpion tail and it is not tied down in any way. Yeah, that is kind of annoying. Yeah, her hands are tied and that is supposed to keep her from attacking you with her giant like her her giant uh, knife tail. Yeah, yeah, that I don't mind them doing it, but at least address it. And they don't address it at all. She just gets un you know, she gets untied next issue. And she was clearly just, she was clearly tied up and just letting them tie her up for the sake of there. There being some peace Uh because she could have gotten out at any time or she could have attacked them at any time. Yeah. Just, just, just appeasing their needs, whatever. Let's move on to book three. All right. Uh, Donnie is waking up finally, uh, Baxter Stockman is at his his control panel, trying to figure out uh, what to do next with the the uh, to, to get his security system back online. Raphael is uh, ready to full on fight Zodi. He cuts her free so they can have a fair fight. And boy, do they! He stabs her in the hand. Is that her hand? I think that's her hand. Uh, she she fights back there's there's just a whole full on brawl between the two of them until they realize that Donatello's awake hey uh they of course realize that they have to work together uh bishop is sending men in through the elevator shaft uh despite Colonel Knight and uh Detective Lewis not really being on the same page with bishop uh they formulate a plan which involves them catching one of the security balls that is floating around the building. Uh, Zodi gets it, touches it, and of course is electrocuted like she was last time. The theory is that the balls do not affect humans. So they have April touch it, she is not electrocuted, and boom, their plan uh, is now in, 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 in place. Uh, let's see... Michelangelo and Raphael have to deal with the the bishop men or the 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 EPF that is uh, climbing up the elevator shaft. And that's a fun fight sequence that is very potentially deadly for everyone involved. Uh, Right as the fight sequence ends, Baxter gets the security uh, system back online. Uh, April. They've decided to go with Zodi's plan, which is kind of kind of a rogue plan. April has to jump to the adjacent building and is shot at by Colonel Knight only to be stopped by Detective Lewis. Uh, it The bullet nicks her as she is climbing on. You know, she has to then climb onto the roof of the adjacent building and she runs off. We're not told what the plan is. Uh, Detective Lewis is like, I'm not. Participating in your rogue crazy plan, you shot at a civilian, uh, the turtles then have a come to Jesus meeting with Raphael finally, uh, coming clean as to why, uh, he's been so, so on edge. And that's because he was alone when they first mutated the brother, the other three brothers had them, you know, had each other and he Raphael was just on the streets by himself, which we did see in the first like four or eight issues. And that affected him in a way that the other turtles just didn't realize. Uh, Zodi, of course, is a, is, is really uh, sarcastic the entire time. Uh, But as the book ends, we see reinforcements have arrived. Uh, So the, the Raphael story has finally come to a head. We understand, and we have, we, we can we can empathize with where his anger is coming from, uh, but more importantly, he re, he's finally realizing that it is getting in the way of what they're trying to do, and that is get out of this building. Uh, they really leave this last book off in a, a really good cliffhanger. Like, this is the penultimate issue. Stuff has got to hit the fan, and the fan is helicopters full of reinforcements. Uh, I dig it. What about you? It feels like... Die Hard. I told you this feels like Die Hard. You know, it. it
1: I. I'm. I'm here for it because you know, who doesn't love Die Hard? Um, yeah. it. Uh, you know, I. I love a good action movie, and when they do like little stuff like this, it just you know, it's like well they're not they're not fighting uh, uh, apart from you know the new scorpion mutant. Um. You know, when they they get to fight, you know, kind of normal people, uh, you know, like, eh, eh, these guys don't stand a chance. <laughs> 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 I, I hope they have, I hope they have, uh, uh, you know, all their health insurance is paid up and their coverage is good, because uh, they're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, if <laughs> they just kicked all these guys down the elevator shaft, pretty sure they're either dead or paralyzed, which is just no. You don't see the other side of it, folks, all the collateral damage, all the other stuff. It's just like, you know, oh, there's a guy who's just working as security guard. And it's like, you know, got to got to got to feed the family. And here comes Batman out of nowhere. I'm like, you know what? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No,
1: <laughs> just you, luchador style. Like, here comes
0: the elbow. <laughs> yeah, you've got 2 You've got a Yeah. Let's see, is that one mutant turtle just beating the crap out of dudes in an elevator shaft? And then we don't know what kind of security system Baxter has. Are those lasers that, like,
1: like burn uh, people? They look like the burning people lasers, not the, uh, oh, it'll set off a a nice, loud alarm. No, that's the slicer lasers.
0: It has to be. Yeah, so are these dudes getting cut in half by lasers, a la Ghost Ship? Like... Yeah, yeah, or 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 even better, a la Cube, that weird uh, science indie science fiction movie from the turn of the century. Yeah. That's 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 a real obscure re- reference, but not for kids. Not for kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a lot of bad things happening to regular people in these issues, but I guess I'm fine with that. Where is April going? Well, we'll find out. Uh, issue four. Uh yeah okay then let's let's hit up issue four. The backup is here, and they are attacking Zodi and the Turtles on the roof. And by backup, we mean full on military. the 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 military force, military might of the United States government, is here to take this building over. Uh, and they're coming in through the ceiling. They're coming in from the ground. They are coming in from all sides. Everywhere. 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 Uh, And the turtles and Zodi have to take the stairs. Uh, Baxter decides uh, this is not going to go well for me. So he 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 has his his armor suit on with a big gun on his back. Like he looks like war machine without his helmet. Uh, There's a lot of fighting. Uh, Let's see what else. Yeah, there's a a lot of action here. Uh, Okay, just when it seems like Baxter and the Turtles are kind of backed into a corner, they're saved by Roadkill Rodneys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that apparently were sent from Null. So Null has access to or, or have created Roadkill Rodneys, and the reason that they were sent is because April contacted Null when she escaped to the other building. That was the plan. Uh, And it seems to be working. Null shows up with her forces and is able to quell the EPF and all of the SWAT teams and whatnot uh, outside. And they escape. And Null is like, ha, I'll see you soon. I'm the winner here. Uh, Detective uh, Lewis finally admits, okay, we're at war. I will work with you. But you know, I, I don't really believe that it's as bad as you're saying, but I got to keep an eye on it. And I can only do that if I'm working with you. The The way they're able to convince Baxter uh, that this is a, you know, the, the way they're able to trick Baxter is they told him that April was hiding in it somewhere else in the building when she was actually escaping. Uh, the deal was that they can then allow Zodi to escape with the information she was trying to get in the first place, that was the, the deal. Like, Null gets what she wanted, Baxter and the Turtles and Zodi all get saved, and Baxter is tricked into letting his, uh, his technology leak to what is basically a competitor. It seems to have worked. Uh, the Turtles are not successful in convincing Zodi to not be a murderer. She is very much a survival is everything You don't need family. You don't need a group. You need to survive and you're not going to save me, Mikey. I'm not going to change. I'm not that kind of mutant. So she is, she's a deadly assassin and she knows it and she's not going to change. And that is kind of a cool aspect of her character. Yeah. Uh, The, the robots and everything that they, that, that, uh, the EPF and, and everyone has to fight has, has, uh, has Bishop even more on edge than he already was, so that's great. And finally, Baxter and April, they do come to a consensus that we need to work together. We don't like each other, it's not great, like, this is not a great thing, but the new threats are out here and we really need to be prepared for them, so sure. Uh, The Turtles are home, Uh, Raphael comes to his senses, and he apologizes, and he then looks over and realizes all of them are asleep and they're not hearing his apology. End of the book. And and while the main story here is complete, we know what happened with the whole diehard situation here. There's a lot of chess pieces that are in play now that uh, will have consequences very far in the future in the IDW world. What'd you think, Jeff?
1: This was a uh, fantastic conclusion. Um, you know, to all of this. And it's, you know, by the end of it, the turtle stairs are just exhausted. They need they need rest. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, it's these little touches uh, to the book that you realize, I'm like, hey, it's, it's, let's just go to sleep. We're exhausted. I was like, I'm just dealing with all this crazy crap, you know, day in, day out. I, I just want a pizza and a nap. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you don't get to see a lot of stuff like that here and there you see them passed out or whatever. But like, man, this was this was a doozy. wasn't it. (laughs) And, you know, I like the dynamic, like, you know, Michelangelo thinking, oh, well, this is another mutant. She's bad. But maybe I can, you know, turn the tide on that. And like, no, you're not going to do that, you know, and uh, you got to love him for trying.
0: Yeah, like in my mind, it's very much kind of like his relationship with Slash. Like when they when they met Slash, Slash was this monster, and by the time Michelangelo was able to you know create a relationship with him, Slash is a good guy, right? And he's he really tried to take the same tactic here with Zodian. She's just like, leave me alone, stop this, stop being silly, grow up, basically. Yeah. Uh, And it, it almost feels like not only is Zodi represent like a turning uh, like them tur- the story turning a corner but also the relationships that the turtles have to have moving forward they they can't have these these innocent oh we're not going to kill anybody relationships it's like no this is bishop wants to kill everyone baxter is fine killing everyone zodi and null clearly don't care if people and or mutants die like they have turned that turned the volume up to 11 on the violence in this and the consequences in this. Uh, and I'm here for it. You know what happened in issue 50? They Mm -hmm. killed the shredder. Like there are consequences to what happens. So yeah, yeah, Uh, I, I really, really liked this. It, it, it's a very insular story, but at the same time it has huge consequences. This is exactly the kind of stuff that IDW is great at, uh, I say both of the arcs that we read to, to tonight or went over tonight, five out of five, 10 out of 10, hundred out of a hundred turtles at its best. Oh yes. 100%. Any final thoughts before we move on?
1: <sighs> um, go and read these like <laughs> ASAP. I, I'm, I'm never not excited to read an IDW book because this, I'm going to, I'm going to say it like this. Apart from you know the uh, a couple of the you know, the first Mirage issues and you know smattering of other things here and there, this is my favorite run of Turtles in the comics. Uh,
0: yes. In the comics, yeah. It, 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 yeah. And I'm not saying it has. I'm not saying it is the best version of the Turtles, but it is so close. It's so close to being the best. Yeah, that it, 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 it deserves everyone's attention. And, and we will be revisiting it very soon. Uh, I've, I've got it slated to come up probably in the next five or six episodes. Uh, it won't be as much because I know this was a, a lot to go over, but it, it will be more stuff in the TMNT universe run because canonically or, or chronologically that what, that's what's next. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and it's, it's, it's all the same tone. So I think you'll enjoy that as well. Um, Good. which, Leads us into our very last segment, which is next time on Shellheads. It's time to watch more '87. Uh, we we dive back into the Fred Wolf produced series. Uh, we're going to, I believe, this is the end of season five that we're watching. Wow. Yeah. So it'll be uh, season five, part three, uh, episodes five fifteen through five twenty. So a, a a light snack. For for a next episode, yeah. Um, before we before we get out of here, though, Jeff, let's uh, let's uh let's have a bit of a fan spotlight, huh? Okay. So uh, what? Tell tell me tell me what, what's going on?
1: Uh, Ariel uh, reached out to us, uh, who her son uh, Emerson is apparently a very big fan of ours and listens to our podcast every night before bed. That's awesome. It's very awesome. It's like, you know, we don't, again, doing this, we don't, I I never, I'm very humbled by the impact that we have on people. You know, we've heard from from all types of people um, from all over the world. Um, And we've heard from a a couple of little micro dudes. So, uh, but this, this wasn't just a regular, you know, hey, my son loves your show. You know, it's like, he did his fan artwork. Yes, he did. And I got to say, I think he nailed it. Um, I do love me some Pizza Hut. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: you've got, uh, I don't know, and like, he's, he's got me with a little bit of a beard there. Apparently, and like, he's, he's never seen what we look like, but he nailed your long beard
0: from like how many years ago? Apparently, when when I podcast, I have long beard energy. Yeah twenty twenty eighteen was year of the beard for me. Could Emerson have seen like the future or the past or like Maybe. without even I, that's incredible? Emerson has the uh, the the time scepter. Is, is what I'm
1: gonna is. go ahead and need <laughs> all the the powerball and the quick pick numbers,
0: buddy. The, the picture that that uh, his mom sent is adorable, and I I was absolutely tickled. Uh, thanks man. Like that, that really made our day when that came through. So thank you so yeah. much for sending it. Uh, and I am so happy to hear that, that you listen to us every single day. And apparent, apparently Jeff B- B- Emerson has, uh, has created a new annual Christmas tradition in their family. Yeah. And it is watching that God awful Christmas special <laughs> on Christmas day. You're welcome. <laughs> we've we've cursed a whole family i mean me. it's fantastic you know, it is fantastic it's a yearly tradition uh and i i guess the last thing i gotta say is if you listen to us every night it's bedtime emerson Six- yeah well again
1: thank you so much uh for reaching out to us uh to both ariel and emerson and appreciate the drawing he even got our big calves muscles right too I mean, that's I'm right. Assuming you got big calves, I I, I do.
0: Uh, I, I do have I do have
1: big big calves. So so there you go, buddy. Uh, thanks so much, and thanks for being such a totally awesome fan. Uh, keep enjoying the content. There's a
0: there's a lot more to come. That's right, no end in sight. That'll do it, Jeff. All right, episode 136 in the books. Uh, what are you going to be doing between now and now and 137, <sighs> Sergio? I'm going to be fighting
1: for democracy and super earth, uh, <laughs> in hell divers too. Cause that's literally all I've been doing. Um, on our warp zone, uh, Twitch channel, uh, we've got a lot, a lot more hell divers to come because it's, it's just a guaranteed good time. There's so much craziness, but in the, actual physical realm i will be running the warp zone arcade uh as i as i always do um we do events birthday parties uh retro game restoration uh we have retro and modern games to play playstation nintendo uh vintage arcade uh neo geo goodness um if you're in the area Uh, in the Brennan, Mississippi area, please come out and game with us. Uh, we'd love to have you. There's so much stuff going on, uh, each week we do flashback Fridays, then we do fight nights and then we kind of alternate it. Um, there's always something going on. And if you're not following us on Facebook, Instagram threads, uh, and Twitch, please do so. Um, and you can, you know, you guys could, uh, chat with me a lot when we go live.
0: Thanks for the support. Uh, where are we going to find you, Sergio? You'll find me on the next episode, episode of Shellheads. <laughs> follow us, uh, on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, shoot us a message. If you have a question or if you have a comment or if you want to just, just say, Hey, thanks for making the show. Or no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not, that's not staying in. Um, yeah, just shoot us a message message. Ask us a question. We'll, it's very likely we'll answer it on the show. So, uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for following me along. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads.